0: is the Father, which of course is the first of our fire values. We, we often speak out the F-I-R-E values that spell out fire for Catch the Fire, but Father is the first of those. The Father loves His children. So we're going to spend some time together through this month looking at the revelation of the Father. And I want to start today with maybe a little different from what you may have heard previously i want to start with proverbs 4 verse 23 so if you want to turn to that with me proverbs 4 and verse 23 oh i see (laughs) it's all right (laughs) proverbs 4 starts at the bottom of a page and so i'm missing verse 23 because it was over the page It says, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Or some of your translations might say, uh, keep your heart because from it flows the wellspring of life. So there's something that bubbles up inside of us that is the source of life. Or let me put it this way, everything you and I experience, everything that we experience, Everything we interact with in this world is is determined and and affected and influenced by the state of my heart. Depending on where my heart is at depends on how life goes for me, which is why the Word tells us to look after our hearts. Because if you've got a spring that's defiled, that's giving brackish water, it's not going to be good for you. But if you've got a spring that's pure, it's going to give you life. So your heart is who you are. Your heart determines your life. Now, many of us, well, I say many of us, I'm just going to talk about me, but this may apply to you as well. I'm kind of long in the tooth. I've been around a long time, I've been following Jesus for a long time. And. Most of my experience of Christianity has been that it's to do with the mind. We interpret with a focus on the mind. You've got to believe the right things. You've got to memorize scripture. You need to study to show yourself approved. All of that is valid and good. But we need to recognize that it contrasts with what we just read in Proverbs 4 that actually it's not your mind that is the wellspring of life. Your heart is the wellspring of life. The way I used to experience using my mind to relate to God was kind of like there was something missing. I was trying to think of analogies. Let me throw out the one I came up with and then you can see if you can come up with a better one. But to me, using only my mind without my heart being engaged is a little bit like pancakes without syrup. Yeah? It's okay. But there's something missing. Anybody got any other analogies? A car without gas, gas. yeah, okay, that's that's a good one. Iced tea without sugar, there speaks a southerner. (laughs) I knew I'd been here long enough when I went back up to the north one time and I asked for iced tea and I tasted it and I almost spat it out. I'm like, oh, I have become a southerner. Actually, I've always been a southerner, but not this southern. Any other analogies? What's... That's a great analogy, Travis. Yeah, so you drive from here to wherever and you don't look at all the beautiful stuff around you as you go. You miss out on the benefits of of what you're going by. Yes. Yes, so like a house plant that's got no water. It's all droopy. And then you water it and it comes back to life again. Yeah. All of that, I think, sheds light for us on the significance and the importance of our hearts. Because the only place where relationship with Jesus really works is in the human heart. Because it's a matter of love, isn't it? So your heart really matters. Your heart really is important. Because love is a matter of the heart. Jesus said in John thirteen thirty-five that it's our love for one another that's going to prove to the world that we're his followers. In other words, it's not just a question of how much love can I receive. Like Fount was leading us in communion, it's not just about me and God, but it's actually the way we relate to one another, and that's a matter of the heart as well. And so what I love to see as we gather is the way our hearts are connected one with another because our hearts are alive to the Father. And David was described in Scripture, King David, described in Scripture as a man after God's own heart. Not after God's own mind, but after God's own heart. Now David had a lot of revelation in his mind of the truth of who the Father is, who God is, but he's described as a man after God's own heart. In fact, when he was, uh, when he was anointed, this is with Samuel in, in 1 Samuel 16, it says about how God looks on the heart and not on the outward appearance. We look at the outward appearance. You know, We might look at one another around the room and say, Oh, you know, uh, Jane and Jennifer look like they're doing great, because you know, they're all sparked up and ready to go. But, you know, but Mark doesn't look so great. We look on the outside. But actually, God looks on the heart, right? And when God looks on the heart, it's because he wants us to have hearts that are alive to him. Now, don't hear me wrong. I'm not saying that knowledge is bad. Knowledge is good. Knowledge and information have their place, don't they? You know, when I take my car to the mechanic, I want him to operate with knowledge. (laughs) That would be better, right? Or, or, or if, I, if I call in a plumber, I want him to operate with knowledge. Not just, oh, I feel like it might be this, you know, and, then <laughs> and we've got a problem. Or, or if you need a surgeon, you definitely want your surgeon to be operating from the mind, right? <laughs> not just his heart. But knowledge is not the path to Christian maturity. This is something I've had to learn by experience over the years. 1 Corinthians 8, the first two verses, talks about food being offered to idols. But Paul says this, we know that all of us possess knowledge. And then he says, this knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. If anyone imagines that he knows something, he does not yet know as he ought to know. Mm. That hits hard, doesn't it? Everything you think you know shows that you don't know as you ought to know yet. I kind of have learned that a little as I've gone along here, because actually I've reached the point in life where I feel like I really don't know very much anymore, and all the things I used to be certain of, I'm not certain of anymore. (laughs) Now, I'm not talking about my certainty of trusting Jesus. I'm talking about the way I understand how God rules the universe and how he works and how he operates. And it seems like God loves to show up and do stuff that doesn't fit what I thought he would do. I think he does do that on purpose. Yeah, pretty much. But if anyone loves God, he is known by God, to finish the reading. Yeah? So all of us who love God are known by God. And the fact that my head can't figure him out is actually a good thing because if I could figure God out, my God is too small. Now, I'm not saying we can't understand as God gives us revelation. Don't hear me wrong. But I'm saying that if I think I've got it all figured out, then I'm missing stuff. And it tells us that specifically in, in 1 Corinthians verse eight, chapter 8. That's why... I, I sometimes chuckle when I read about systematic theology. Apologies to the theologians among us. But systematic theology to me is an oxymoron. Because if you figured out the system, it's not God that you're knowing anymore, <laughs> it's your knowledge that you're knowing. So systematic certainty, maybe, but systematic theology, not so much. Because God loves to love. And sometimes love doesn't do what you expect. 5 a.m. Friday morning, I heard a voice. It wasn't God's voice. It was someone else's voice who said, I would love to go camping. (laughs) And love sometimes does what is unexpected. So we went camping. And we had a wonderful time. And it was great because we heard a voice that was rooted in love and followed that voice. I had knowledge and a calendar of all the things I was and wasn't going to do on Friday and none of them happened because love went somewhere else. Have you ever had Jehovah Sneaky sneak up behind you and say, this is the way, walk in it? And you're like, you what? Because it's all about love. And Fount said something very profound. I think it was Linda actually said something very profound this morning as we were praying before we gathered. That they had been listening to somebody who said that the only thing the enemy can't attach himself to is the love of God. So when love surprises us, in some ways that's a liberation from the way the enemy wants to kind of entangle us in his schemes. Which is beautiful. Anyway, let me not chase squirrels. Education doesn't make you mature, it makes you knowledgeable. It's good, but it's not the whole picture. It's a car without the gas. It's pancakes without syrup. It's driving from here to the West Coast without looking at all the beauty on the way. And Father wants to change our hearts. It's all about allowing God to touch my heart heart that's why our bible school is so powerful We're having a wonderful time not, not to make you jealous but those of us who are in the bible school on thursday night having a wonderful time just allowing god to touch our hearts as we read the scripture together as we interact with one another around the the, the themes that are coming out of that and it's reaching the heart as well as the head which is why I, I selected or why I jumped at that opportunity because too often Bible school type stuff only reaches the head and doesn't touch the heart. But when it touches the heart, it's huge, isn't it? I love that Fountain Linda shared that the, the couple in Delaware said, you know, you changed our lives in a small group. H- here's a Bible school professor touching hearts <laughs> In small group. Because that's what God loves to do. It's beautiful. And that's why we meet like this. We want God to touch our hearts. And that's what he's doing this morning as we're looking at this. Let's acknowledge that sometimes we, we shut down our hearts due to wounding. We build walls around things, don't we? When, when I get hurt by somebody or by some incident, I put up a wall that I think is going to protect me. But in fact, what it, what it does is that it, it creates this barrier to God's love. And God is all about wanting us to take down our walls, because in a crisis, what's behind the wall will often spill out, um, and then we realize, oh, wait a minute, what's in here needs God's touch, needs God's transformation, in order that it can be love and not just knowledge. So all of my determination, all of my decision-making, all of my willpower doesn't change my heart. It does set my life on a course. Choosing is important, but it doesn't, it doesn't change my heart. And Father wants to change our hearts. He wants us to know him with our hearts. His desire is that our knowledge would be of that intimus, intimate relationship with him. So, let's do a little mental scorecard for a second. Just ask yourself, how am I doing with the knowledge of God's ways? Maybe you want to give yourself a score out of 10. (laughs) But then also ask yourself, what about wounding in my life? You know, is that still up on an 8 or a 9? Or is it dropped down now because of God's action to maybe something lower? Give yourself a score on that. And then think about, in terms of knowing how loved I am by God, what would I give myself as a score on that one? And then fourthly, where am I at with intimacy with God? What would my score be with that? Take a second, give yourself a score, jot it down somewhere, put in the notes on your phone or whatever, and then we'll move on and look at something else. All right, need another minute. I'm going to slaughter a sacred cow next, (laughs) just so you're ready for the shock. (laughs) Jesus didn't come so that we would know the Scripture. Jesus came so that we would know the Father. Just knowing Scripture doesn't guarantee that i know the father in fact i'd been knowing scripture for probably 10 or 15 years before i ever knew the father i knew it well i led others to know it well but i didn't know the father now again don't hear me wrong i'm not saying knowing scripture is wrong quite the opposite but it's not the destination when jesus said i'm the way the truth and the life he was saying he's not the destination What did he say after that? No one comes to the Father but through me. The destination is the Father. The way is the Word. Jesus is the Word, and Scripture, of course, is the Word as well. But the people that Jesus came to all knew the Scripture, at least the Hebrew Bible. (laughs) They'd all been raised in it. They all went every Saturday to synagogue or wherever, gathered together to to study the Torah, to study the books. But they knew the scripture, but they didn't know the one the scripture points to. And Jesus particularly criticized the the religious leaders, the Pharisees and the the teachers of the law, the Sadducees, for knowing scripture but rejecting relationships. And in a similar way today, many of us have been taught to focus on our relationship with Jesus. Have you given your life to Jesus? Are you following Jesus? What would Jesus do? But we forget that actually the reason Jesus came was to bring us to the Father. And I don't want any of us to miss that relationship. Because Yahweh, the name for God in the scriptures, is also Abba, which is the pet name for your daddy. It's Papa, it's Daddy, or whatever you call your daddy. <laughs> and that's why Jesus says in Matthew 6, verse 6, don't go out in public to pray to impress everybody but pray to your Father who's in secret. Now, does that mean we should all go and hide in the closet to pray? No. The secret is the secret place. It's the heart. It's the inward place. So Jesus says, your Father is in your heart. Your Father is hiding inside you, waiting for you to kind of dig in and find him, and to live in that place of love. And then, of course, he goes on to teach us to pray, our Father in heaven. (laughs) So he's in here and he's up there, out there, wherever there is, (laughs) in another dimension. (laughs) We've got so much to learn. (laughs) Yeah, We tend to think of heaven as this boring place with clouds up in the sky somewhere. It's nothing like that. But it is in a completely different dimension to what we experience day by day. Jane found an article this week about antimatter or something. And there's all this antimatter out there that we can't see. Can't, it's costing billions of dollars to even detect it. But there's so much more to this universe than we've ever realized. God's going to blow our minds sometime fairly soon. This is eternal life, John 17, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. Or First John 1 verse 3, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Before he we went back to the Father, Jesus said, I'm going to my Father and your Father, my God and your God. God is now our Father. So Jesus didn't come that we would know just the Scripture. He came that we would know the Father. And in Galatians, Paul describes it like this. Galatians 2. And verse... Where did it go? Verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ... It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So when I accept what he's done, I become part of him. And he is in the Father, so I am in the Father. There's this kind of huge, supernatural, divine embrace that kind of scoops us all up into the Father. I am now included in Jesus' relationship with the Father. Don't let anything steal that from you. To know with your heart, not just your mind, that you're in the Father. restoring that relationship was something so important to Paul. He talked to the Corinthians about it, about reconciliation. About joining us back to where we belong. Bringing us back into that relationship where we know the Father for ourselves. Second Corinthians 5 says all this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So as we go out We're not just asking people to give their lives to Jesus. We're actually inviting people to be reconnected with their Heavenly Father through Jesus. That's a much bigger ask, but it's a much greater uh, benefit for them than what maybe we've traditionally done. In Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God the Father. So the focus of all of our ministry, whether your ministry is in a in a business or your ministry is in a neighborhood or your ministry is in a family. The focus of all ministry is to bring people into relationship with the Father in Jesus. One more verse and then we'll do another scorecard. Colossians 1, actually it's one more scripture, right? there's several verses, but Colossians 1, verse 15 through 22. He's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. This is Jesus. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he's before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. if indeed you continue in the faith. So Jesus is supreme, and in Jesus dwells all the fullness of the Father, and that fullness pleases the Father, and the whole point of all of it is to bring all of us back into that beautiful relationship that we were created for in the beginning. The whole point of all of Jesus' power and glory is to reconcile us to the father so let's look at another scorecard and give ourselves a score for a second here how am i doing in my relationship with jesus do i see his power and his glory and all his preeminence what score would i give myself there but then remember that this is in the power of the spirit so what would my score be in terms of the work of the spirit in my life Does that want to increase, or has it been going stronger than ever recently? What is my grasp of the truth? We've been quoting a lot of scriptures. How much of those actually settle in my heart? That I already have grasped that truth. I know the truth, so the truth can set me free. And then, how's my relationship with the Father? Where is it at? Is it kind of, it's there, but could do with growing? Or is it that I really love that relationship more strongly than ever? So take a second and give yourself a score there, and then we'll uh, turn one more section and wrap it up. you. I also don't want to leave you thinking too long. So I'll give you another 30 seconds. All right. So what I want to do land this on is the truth I want you to carry away with you this morning that relationship is by revelation you see I can have a relationship with Jesus but not have a relationship with the Father it's what Jesus said to Philip we already quoted I'm the way, the truth and the life no one comes to the Father except through me that's John 14 verse 6 He goes on to say, if you'd known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on you do know him and have seen him. But then Philip speaks up. And he says, Lord, show us the Father and it's enough for us. See, Jesus realizes that Philip's been with Jesus, but he doesn't have a connection with the Father yet. Philip's been hanging out with Jesus. This is almost three years, probably a little more at this point because we're close to the crucifixion when this all happens. But somehow he's missed the Father. (laughs) And so Jesus really wants Philip to know the Father. So he says, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I don't speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. If you really know me, Philip, you know my Father as well. Now what did we say before the second scorecard? You and I are in Christ. And so now the same is true of you as what Jesus said there. If you've known me, you know the Father. In fact, confession time here, I've kind of tricked you by giving you a scorecard because I've got you working in your mind. I know, I saw you frowning at me. God doesn't keep score, you can delete those scores. I did that to you to help you realize that the way I usually measure is not the way God wants me to measure. Assessing myself with my understanding isn't going to get me where I need to go. You see, you don't need your understanding, you need his affirmation. Relationship comes by revelation. I remember very clearly, as I say, I'd been a believer for probably, gosh, longer than I care to remember already by the time this happened. But when we very first went to Toronto, I knew all the stuff there was to know about following Jesus. I even knew a lot about the Holy Spirit and how to help Holy Spirit do good stuff, like cast demons out of people and see people get healed and all of that. But actually, my heart didn't know the Father. But thankfully, the conference we went to, was the Father Loves You conference. And literally, Jehovah Sneaky snuck up behind me and wrestled me to the ground so that he could show me his love. Because he knew it took a revelation. And I can still feel that revelation even as I talk to you about it now. The power of God showing me how much he loves me in my heart and not just my head. And I've lived out of that now for 25 years. (laughs) Yes, I'm old. But it's well worth it. You see, you need his affirmation, not your own understanding. Jesus said it this way in Matthew 11. I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you've hidden these things from the wise and the understanding. All those years I had wisdom and understanding from studying and memorizing and learning and putting it into practice. And all of that's good, but there's still something missing. You've revealed them to little children. So I love having Caleb and the kids around because that's our visual aid of what we need to be like. Yeah, we may shriek at inopportune moments and interrupt what <laughs> what's going on. But actually, if it shows me that I can be loved just like they're loved by my heavenly Father, that's worth it for sure. You've hidden these things from the wise and understanding. You revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and, if you're looking at this in a paper Bible, underscore, and, no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. See, this very moment, Jesus chooses to reveal the Father to every one of us in an increasing way. Right now, that is his choice. You see, the revelation of the Father comes to a childlike heart. We tend to think, when we look at the, the, the Father's love, oh, I've done that. I went to a conference once, or I read a book, or I was in a meeting, or," but... That's not the way it works. My father wants me to come like little Caleb every day, every hour of every day, every minute of every hour of every day, and do that. Because when a child reaches out to daddy, what does daddy do? Picks him up. Yeah. So there's a revealing of the Father by the Son. The Father is known by revelation and not just by understanding. There's a revealing of Jesus where he opens our hearts and and reveals and shows the Father to us. And it's in that intimacy of relationship with Jesus that Jesus reveals the Father to me. I may well have truth in my mind, God is my Father. He loves me. But Jesus wants to open my heart and make it alive in my heart again and again as well. The Scripture is very clear that God is our true Father. All of us have had earthly fathers and father figures, and many of them have been less than perfect. All of them have been less than perfect. But God is my true Father. Act 17 would be one example of that. Where Paul says to the, the Greeks in Athens, He made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward Him and find Him. Yet, He's not far from each one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being. As even some of your own poets have said, for we are indeed his offspring. That truth may be in my mind, but Jesus wants it to be alive in my heart. And that only comes by impartation. An impartation is like the syrup on the pancake or the gas in the vehicle or the beautiful places along the journey where we impart to one another that revelation knowledge that God is a father. And all it takes is for me to let go of my adult capabilities and become like a little child and say, Daddy, would you show me your love? Jesus, would you help me know the Father? If I will be needy and trusting like a little baby, like a little child, he will reveal that fatherhood to my heart. And so that's what we're going to do as we come to a conclusion here. We're just going to spend some time asking him, Father, would you reveal your love to me? Jesus, would you open my heart to know your Father as my Father in a deeper way? Maybe we could just put on that quiet music, please, Graham. And then just take a few moments, and I'll come around. I just want to bless what God is doing. But this is something that Jesus does in your heart and in mine. Jesus, I believe that right now in this moment, you are opening each of our hearts to experience Father more deeply again. Right now, Jesus, we want to allow you to shine light into our hearts that we would know the Father as you know the Father. That you give me a revelation of being in you that I would know that I'm loved I don't come with my skills and my abilities I come with my need to be loved I just receive again what you want to reveal to me that it would be revelation in our hearts that you love us That it would be revelation in our hearts, your acceptance, your affirmation. That you would speak words of life to each heart now in this room. he speaks to your heart, your mind can observe but don't let your mind interrupt (laughs) allow your heart to receive the love that he's imparting to you now let his love go deeper than it's ever done before there's a freshness in his presence that he wants to reveal new facets of his love for you that there'd be new confidence new trust new joy New healing, new power, new life, and new joy. Thank you, Father, that we can come to you any time of any day and know that you're with us, (laughs) that you bless our hearts with a deeper revelation of your presence, and your fatherhood. Mm. Thank you, Father. Father, I bless the expansion of our hearts to receive you more deeply. That you grow our awareness of your goodness, of your presence, of your life. Thank you, Father, for your love. Thank you for each heart in this room that is a wellspring of life because of that connection with you. And I bless the outpouring of your love through your children as we delight in you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for setting us free. That we'd rise up with wings like eagles and soar in your love. That your light would shine brightly in each of our lives. That you would show yourself loving and kind and gentle as we rest in your presence. Thank you that you are our Father. now and always thank you that it's received in our hearts and it overflows through our lives so Jesus we say would you continue To open our hearts to know the Father the way you know the Father. Let that supernatural river of life flow in every one of us. bless every childlike heart in this room to continue to receive the father's love and to grow deeper and deeper in your communion with him in Jesus name. Amen. Just before we close, Crystal's going to share something.
1: Um, a couple of the youth were here the other night, and we were talking about the Father, and we were talking about our earthly father and our heavenly father, and they, I asked them to write a couple things down, like three things down that they didn't receive from their earthly father, and so they did. And then I asked them to write down some things that when God showed up in their life, like how He, the things that they didn't receive, how God showed those things to them. And so one of the girls painted this, and, you know, she, she said it was okay to share this. She, her dad was absent. He was there, but he was not mentally there. Um, and he wasn't affectionate, and she never felt heard. And so. I asked her, you know, we talked about God and the different ways that God shows up in our lives. And, of course, you know, they named different people because God can use other people to show up. And uh, Sherry and Renee were, were two of the people, and just being here at church as well. Um, but then we specifically talked about God. And so one of the girls painted this, and I just want to share this with you because it's exactly what you were talking about she often pictures herself in a forest or under trees and she just finds a space in her mind where she can go and just be quiet and she says i always see this black figure if you see down here there's a little black figure and turns out that that black figure was her and the things that she wasn't receiving and just felt like she lacked um and that's why the figure was black but then god showed up and that's the white lining around the black figure. And it's, it's not on the outside of her, but it's on the inside of her. And she said she could hear God saying that he sees her, that he hears her, that he loves her, that he will fill her. And even all the dark places, he's going to fill with light. And in the center of that black figure is a gold burst. And that's her heart. And, um, so that was God filling her heart. And, and she said she heard God saying that even when she says nothing, that he still hears her heart. So her God, so her earthly father doesn't always hear her, but God does. And, and he's filling her heart with love and joy and hope in the light. And so that's why it's kind of exploding all around her. But anyway, yeah, I wanted to share that because she saw God. In that
0: is beautiful.